Happy Sunday, everybody. Please come in and find your seat. That means you got to put the e-bike down. Whoever's having a good time out there, it's time to come to church. <laughs> but welcome. And um, would you guys stand with me? Hopefully you guys have been able to get your lyrics either by hand or you have scanned the, the digital image that is posted on the trees and you, you've got the lyrics this morning. And um, if you look at our fourth song in the set, it's called Let Our Voices Rise Like Incense. And I want to teach it to you before we start the set this morning. All right? Um, so it goes like, well, let me explain. We'll sing through the whole chorus, but then there, it splits into a round. And the ladies are going to follow Windsor, and the guys are going to follow me. We'll start, guys, by singing Let Our Voices Rise Like Incense, and the ladies will sing Holy and then we'll kind of sing over each other, and it's really pretty. But first, we'll all together sing the whole thing real quick. Here we go. So let our voices rise like incense. Let them be as sweet perfume. Let our praises fill the temple. Hallelujah's ringing ever new. Sing holy. And holy, and holy is the Lord Almighty. And holy, and holy is the Lord our God. So we'll sing it together once. This is going to come at the end of the set. And then we split into this, um, I forget what it's called, a round. And so guys, you follow me singing Let Our Voices Rise like incense. Ladies, follow Windsor singing Holy. So let our voices rise like incense. Let them be as sweet perfume. Let our praises fill the temple. Hallelujah's ringing. 
everness switch so holy and holy is the lord almighty and holy and holy is the lord our god i think you all need to sing a little louder because i can't hear you very well but you have you have another chance <laughs> let's sing nothing but the blood Sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my part in this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus For my cleansing, this I plead Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, precious is the flow That makes me white as snow No other fount I know Nothing but the blood of Jesus Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Before I could breathe, before my first cry, you know me. 
faith in God who burns the chariots with fire. Lord of hosts, you're with us, with us in the fire, with us 
besides a shelter with us in the storm. You will lead us through the fiercest battle, and nowhere else could we go but with the Lord of Rage, I know my God, He's in control. Though the oceans roar, you are the Lord of all, the one who calls the wind and waves, makes my heart be still. Though the earth gives way, the mountains move into the sea, the nations rage, I know my God is in control. Lord, uphold you with us, with us in the fire, with us as a shelter, with us in the storm. Oh, And nowhere else could we go but with the Lord of all. Let them be as 
to have a morning to come and freely worship you, Lord. We're out in the open and we're not oppressed. We're not afraid of this. Thank you for that, Lord. I pray for our brothers and sisters meeting this morning that um, they are oppressed and they are having to hide, Lord, and pray that you would strengthen them, Lord. Prepare our hearts this morning to receive your word or that we would come with an expectation. Your words being opened, it never returns void. Cause us to be more like Jesus, Lord. We love you and we need you this morning. Thank you that you freely accept us and give us the gift of your son, Lord, that we get to stand in his righteousness and not our own, accepted this morning by you. Pray that you would minister in this place, Lord. For those who don't know you, Lord, I pray that salvation would come to them this morning, Lord, and that you would work mightily in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, you may have a seat. Welcome to our outdoor uh, summer series. If I haven't introduced myself, my name is uh, Brad Noah. I'm the worship and outreach pastor here at SBC, and welcome online. Um, in back of you online, there are probably a few hundred people that are in back of you, so you are not alone. But um, we are going to be opening to Matthew chapter 16 today, so if you have your Bible, please uh, grab that on your phone. If you have your, your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 16. But before we do, I want to uh, give a few announcements for you guys this morning. And first and foremost, 
uh, you guys can look around, you guys see that scan code that's around. So we are trying to eliminate our printing. Um, printing has been a lot <laughs> over the years. So we're trying to cut down on that, especially during this um, outdoor season. So if you have a chance on the way out, if you haven't already, scan that code. If you don't know how to do that, grab somebody, especially a young person that's maybe next to you, and say, hey, how do I do a scan code? Um, how do I do a QR code? Grab them and scan that. Uh, bookmark it in your web browser. Our lyrics and all those things will be on that link tree uh, throughout the summer, and everything SBC will be linked to that. Secondly, VBS is coming up next month, uh, July uh, 12th through the 15th. If you haven't registered your kids on that link tree, there is a registration that's there. Just click on that link, fill out that registration. Um, also, I am in need of some volunteers. So if you want to be a part of VBS this year, Vacation Bible School, um, we're expecting probably the biggest crowd that we've ever had. Um, you know, I'm probably planning between 120 to 150 kids. I already have probably 80 kids signed up. Um, please come. Uh, you can be a group leader. Uh, you can help out with our, our snacks, games. Uh, there's all kinds of things that um, you can get plugged into doing that. Uh, next, youth camps are coming up. If you haven't paid your money for youth camps, I want to say it's uh, next week, if I'm not mistaken, for our first uh, youth camp for junior high and senior high. Uh, Caleb needs your paperwork turned in as well as your money to go. So make sure Caleb was the gentleman that was leading up here. He's our youth pastor. Um, please make sure you touch base with him if you don't know anything about that. Uh, but please, uh, he needs all those information and, and things in as soon as possible. Lastly, if you have not heard, um, our dear pastor Jesse uh, came down with COVID this past couple weeks. Um, some of you are on our email chain, uh, hence why I'm, I'm able to share with you guys this week. He's doing fine. He's doing better. I saw him this week, but he wanted me to share with you guys that uh, he's on the men's, his family, um, as well as some other folks that, that were in the church that got sick the past couple weeks. Um, there's a few that, that have caught it and are struggling a little bit, so please be praying for them. Um, you know, Some have, have gone to the hospital and have come out. They have been discharged, but they're at home. Um, just for um, privacy-wise, I can't tell you guys who they are, of course, but please keep them in your thoughts and prayers. Um, and again, uh, Pastor Jesse should be back here soon, as well as his family. He wanted to share his love with you and let, him, let you know that he's on the men's and we'll be back with us soon. Um, but again, we choose faith over fear. I am so glad you guys are here. We're outside. The sun is beautiful today. The natural COVID killer, right? So amen to that. Can we just pray for our family just for a minute? Um, let's lift them up to, to the Lord that he would continually give them grace and comfort and healing in this time. Lord, uh, we know that some of our friends um, are ill today, and we just pray, Lord, that you will uh, comfort them, that you will give them grace and peace, uh, knowing, Lord, that you are a great physician, Lord, that you are in charge, Lord, that you give us confidence, that you give us courage, that you give us wind. Um, and we just pray, Lord, that you will uh, comfort them today as they are healing up, and we pray that we'll be able to meet with them again soon. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You want to stay on the stage? Do I need to be up there? You can't see me in the back? I was trying to get some, some walking room out here as I pace, you know. 
Matthew chapter 16. Please open there and we're going to dive into the word here. We hold the word of God to a very high regard. Will you stand with me as we read this scripture and let's, uh, let's dive in. Today's message is labeled, Who Do You Say That I Am? Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. And it says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do you say the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Lord Jesus, we uh, asked that as we dive in, um, talking about... Um, some heresies in a church that so many times arise. But Lord, more importantly, that you are the rock and the foundation in which we build the church and you are the one that we look to. Lord, may you give us wisdom and discernment and knowing uh, truly who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So friends, um, out of this passage, we find, you know, the, the apostles were gathered around and, and Jesus simply, you may have a seat, yes. And Jesus asked, who do, who do people say I am right now? And as they looked around, um, the Pharisees, the people were like, oh, he's, he's a prophet. He's a good teacher. He's, um, you know, he's just, just some dude that came out of Nazareth. But finally, Peter speaks up and says, you are the Messiah, the son of God. And this is the rock that he's talking about. This is the rock that we build our foundation on. And just as in the early church and just as, as in the Old Testament, the people started to forget who Jesus is. And just in today, like we find in many different services, many different churches around the way, we have forgotten who the true Messiah is. Um, today, we're going to be looking at three different things. First and foremost, one, we will look at a word of caution that, that the early church spoke of, but then also that the word of God reiterates over and over and over again for you and me to beware of false teachers, beware of false prophets, beware of the times. Secondly, we're going to look at the deity of Christ, maybe some ways that we can apologetically or defend our faith, knowing that Jesus is the only way, the way, the truth, and the life. And then lastly, we're going to find what is your responsibility in a world that is flawed, a world that is broken, what are we to do as followers of Christ? Well, who are we to be? How are we to act? What is the mindset maybe that we need to have in our work environment with our spouses, with our kids, so on and so forth? As I mentioned earlier, the early church struggled with the same exact thing. And we find that these false prophets crept into the body. They crept into the church. And, and they started to say that Jesus was not who he said he was. And I want to read what's called the Nicene Creed to you guys. The Nicene Creed was made um, in 325 AD. So just like a couple centuries after Christ came, we find that these heresies, these falsehoods, these things crept in. The early church fathers thought and said, hey, we need to grab the doctrine and theology that are in the Bible and make it into a concise thing that maybe the church can hold on to and fight against these things. 
So please turn your ears with me to the Nicene Creed. It says this, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. In, the one, in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of the same essence as the Father. Through him all things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again according to the scriptures. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will never end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. He proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified. He spoke through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic church, an apostolic church. We believe one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look forward to the resurrection of the dead and to the life of the world to come. And the church says, amen. These are some fundamental things that we can rest upon. You know, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, early church documentation comes directly out of Scripture. But today we're going to kind of focus on that section speaking of Jesus and Jesus alone. For, for today, we find that there's all kinds of views of who Jesus is. We find that there's the cults. We find that the, the Muslims think a certain way. So as an example, the cults will tell you that, that he is, is a God, meaning that there's multiple gods. Um, the Mormons would, would say that he's the brother of Lucifer. The Jehovah Witnesses would say that he's Michael the archangel. Muslims would simply say that he was a prophet. Did you guys know that Jesus was actually written into the Quran? They actually say that, that he was in there, but he was only a good teacher of sorts. Um, even non-believers would say, yeah, Jesus is a good dude. He did some good things. He healed some people. He fed some people. He loved people. But the problem is, is that in many ways, what I want to encourage you with is the church has gone astray in many ways on saying who Jesus is. We find that Jesus is, is the cash cow these days. The, the name of Jesus is, is found to give guilt or shame or take advantage of people. Furthermore, we find that the church has lost sight that humanity is lost without the saving grace of God and the atoning sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. The gospel has been convoluted with health and wealth, social issues, greed, culture, and celebrity status. Sin is no longer mentioned, and its effects of the sin um, are even more grievous, which the Bible refers to as death. Repentance is a bad word, and Jesus is brought down to merely being human rather than a holy God. There's no holiness, no regard for Scripture and what is right. For indeed, there is another gospel being preached. Watch out. You know, this message, the beginning of this, is going to be an encouragement for you to be what's called Bereans. In the, in the Bible, the Bible talks about the Berean church. They were people that studied the scriptures. They were people that knew the word of God, that they could fight against the, the falsehoods that may come in. 
you are called not to be mere children of the word that just drink milk. We are called to be the church that feeds on meat, that, that loves the word of God, that, that holds it in our heart, that our faith may grow, that we might become a light and salt to a world that's out here. We are called to be different. Let's examine this a little bit. The Apostle Paul's admonition to Timothy says, study, show yourselves approved to divide the word of truth correctly. Let us examine our hearts. If, if we divide the word of truth correctly, that means we know it in and out, back and forth. So if a preacher such as myself comes up and says something from the pulpit or you listen to a podcast, you will be able to decipher what is right and what is wrong. The Apostle Paul also tells us, if you want to turn with me, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to be going to a bunch of scriptures. Pull up your app. Pull up your Bible. It is important to have that bad boy in front of you so you can read it. You can see it. You can hear it. That we can grow. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. We can have it on audio too. Did you guys hear that? But know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of selves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such, turn away. The last part of that verse is what I want to focus on here because there are so many preachers and teachers that are teaching people the wrong doctrine and theology. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. We can be all freshed up and look great. We could have our hair brushed, be in a tie, be in a suit, or maybe in my case, my, my sun hat and flip-flops. I mean, all of you guys know, when we come to church, we try to put on our good face, right? So many times, hey, how you doing? Doing great. And so much easier is it for someone that is behind um, in a celebrity status to look great from the outside. But Jesus says that you are like the Pharisees, whitewashed tombs. Looks great and beautiful, ornate. We've all gone by a, a cemetery at some points and we're like, wow, that is a really nice structure. I don't want to live there. You know, do you? That's the, what Paul is telling us. We need to beware of the times because people will come. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. Like I said, we're going to kind of go to a bunch of scriptures here. I want you guys to, to hear the word of truth because this is how you will be changed. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Again, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Again, disguised, looking great, looking fly. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit. But the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree uh, bear good fruit. 
Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of, of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, which is when we ascend into heaven, where we're before the white throne, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? In your name, cast out demons? And in your name, perform miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. What a sad day. We have people that may be doing all the good works in the world or maybe looking good, but then ultimately showing up to the white throne judgment and the Lord says, depart from me. That's the fear of my heart, that I would stand here because teachers are held, of course, to a higher standard. That's what, what I, th I think it's in James that talks about that. Not many should be teachers for they will incur a stricter judgment. Beware. Beware. I thank God for, for Pastor Wayne and Pastor Jesse that have continued to share the word of truth, that we elevate that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You will hear that over and over and over again. If you go to a church that does not open their Bible, that's your first sign, first red light to bail. I'm out of here. And that doesn't mean just because they open their Bible either that, that they're good. And I'm not here going to be pointing fingers to anybody, but you can find people that'll be up there and they'll hold their Bible like this and they'll be shaking their Bible, but they won't open their Bible and even talk about Jesus. That's the second remark that you should be looking for. How often are they speaking about Jesus? How often do they, they say his name? How often are they telling you and reassuring you of his grace and his goodness? And that sin is, is bound and, and you are set free. You're no longer bound to sin anymore. The American church many times doesn't even talk about that anymore. Doesn't talk about our wickedness, the things that we think, the things that we do. But more importantly, you can't have good news if you don't know about the bad news. The bad news is, is that we simply were, were fallen. We were uh, cast away as enemies of the state. But God the Father sent the Son into the world to die for you and me that we might have eternal life. What great news is that? What great news. As we can continue on, uh, where were we on uh, Matthew chapter 7? Matthew chapter 24. Let's turn there. You're still in Matthew. Again, reading large chunks of Scripture is good. Dan, we're about to lose that camera right there, I think, maybe. Well, maybe not. It's on bungees. Never mind. Matthew chapter 24, as he sat, oh, yep, I'm a prophet. No, <laughs> just kidding. Don't grab the stones. Don't get the stones. <laughs> Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is sitting on the Mount, Mount of Olives. He sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately. So it's just a small group of people saying, tell us when these things will be and what will be the signs of your coming and the end of the age. And Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray for many will come, excuse me, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and they will lead many astray and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed for this must take place, but the end is not yet. 
For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are but the beginning of birth pains. They will deliver you to, up to tribulation, excuse me, they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my, my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will rise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of men will grow cold. But the one who endures the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. You know, I don't want to go on a tangent down um, eschatology and all these different things that are going to happen in the end times, but it is important for you to know the signs of the times. Jesus was talking to these guys 2,000 years ago. That was the start of the signs of the times. It's not simply just right now. Yes, we can look out and see many things that are happening in our world that can line up to what we just read in these three scriptures. Amen? But remember, these guys have been thinking about this and waiting for this for thousands of years. We have what's called the imminent return of Christ. Jesus could come back in the blink of an eye right now, and we are out of here. Or he can come back in a thousand years. But the word of God tells us, be expectant, be ready, be in season, out of season to share the gospel with as many people as you can. But more importantly, these passages refer to you and me to be, beware. Everybody say beware. Oh man, you guys are weary. One more time, beware. Okay, I'm just making sure as, as you're listening that being beware means that you know what you're looking for. If you don't know the real thing, you don't know what the counterfeit is. So study, show yourselves approved. As we, uh, the passage that we began with, it, Jesus was talking to Peter, and Peter says simply, Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And we read the Nicene Creed, and in the middle of that section, it basically was coming against the error of the early church that these people were coming in talking about the deity of Christ. Deity of Christ means that, that Jesus is God. And in many ways, um, it's, it's a hard thing to grasp because we, we celebrate at Christmas the incarnation of Jesus. The Holy Spirit came you know, um, upon Mary, the Virgin Mary, and conceived Jesus. I don't know how that all worked. I don't think anybody does. But... As we read scripture, we believe it in faith, knowing that that is important. It is important that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. He came in the flesh, incarnate for you and me, lived a perfect life, was brutally beaten, was brutally killed, but then he rose again. So the second part of this message is talking about the deity of Christ. I want to give you guys some, uh, some things to take away here. You can be like, you know what? I kind of have a little bit of a grasp. On, on who Jesus is a little bit more, that he is God. I'm going to begin. I'm going to kind of go through these verses pretty quickly, but if you have a pen, jot these down. John chapter 10, verse 3, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. This is a reference to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, and it says, Oh, oh Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. We believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All God one essence, 
you know, it, it, again, study. Brush up on some of these things. John chapter 14, verse 9, it says, If you have seen me, this is Jesus speaking, you have seen the Father. So if we've seen Jesus, if we know Jesus, we know God the Father also. Also, we, we uh, came out of, I think it was at Christmas, we went through the I am statements. You guys remember those? John, uh, the Apostle John wrote the I am statements throughout the books, and I think there's seven of them. But he says this, I am, uh, excuse me, I am the, the light, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life, and indeed, the true vine. In all these, he's stating basically in bold letters, I am. How many of you guys ever watched the movie uh, The Ten Commandments? It comes out like every uh, Easter, right? A couple of you guys? Charlton Heston. I remember watching it all the time as a kid. I don't know why. Maybe my dad wouldn't let me watch anything else, but he was like, you're going to watch this. The law. Here it is. Um, but I, I always, when I hear the I am statement, I, I picture Charlton Heston up in the cleft of the rock, and he says, he's kind of shaking a little bit, right? He's like, oh, Lord, who, who should I say sent me? And this kind of like voice comes out and says, I am that I am. It's like stuck in my head when, every time we hear that, but now it's going to be stuck in your head, and you're going to go home and watch and be like, yeah, I get it, I get it. Mark chapter 2. There's going to be a little chunk here too, so please turn there. Mark chapter 2. Again, we're, we're firming up the deity of Christ. We find that he's the I am, he's the only way, He is the truth and the life, he is the door. Interesting, we find that Jesus is dealing with what we're, we're talking about today, pharisaical people, people that are kind of off track. And we're going to pick up in verse 5. And when Jesus saw their faith, Oh, um, let me give you some, some backing here. These guys bring a paralytic man. They lower him down through the roof. You guys remember that story? Okay, some, some good brothers. Guys broken, can't move, can't walk. Let's take him to Jesus. We can't get in the house. Put a hole in the roof. Let's lower him down. This is where we're picking up. And when he saw their faith, the friends, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes are sitting there questioning in their heart, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority here on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and goes and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Jesus reiterating again that no one can forgive sins except for God. And Jesus flips it on the head there because they're like, who is this guy? You know, you're trying to tell him that he's forgiven. Who are you? He not only says, I forgive you, he tells the guy to get up, take his bed and walk. What an amazing story to see that God not, not only cares about the heart, but he cared about simply this guy's um, physical well-being too. In some circles, we find that healing has become an idol. 
in some of our churches in, in, in America especially. You know, and then we find the health and wealth and prosperity gospel, the social gospel. We can go down the line, you guys. Beware, beware. Jesus says that he is the truth. He's the one that we look to. He's the one that we're, we're finding our, our foundation again. Our view of Jesus really makes and breaks the foundation in which we stand. C.S. Lewis, one of our um, modern writers, simply says that Jesus was either, either a liar, a lunatic, or he was Lord. My question to you today, who do you say he is? Is he just a good teacher? What, was he some random crazy dude that was just like saying all kinds of weird things? Or is he God? Is he the Lord of all? Is he the great I am? Is he who he says he is? Do you believe it? I can't harp on this enough. Your worldview of Jesus affects all of your beliefs. This is the foundational truth. He is not a God. He is the God. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is sovereign. He is infinite. He is eternal, just, righteous, loving, merciful, faithful, and ever unchanging. Do you trust him? Do you know him? Grab your pens, write these down. These are some key apologetic verses when we talk about the deity of Christ. First and foremost, John chapter 1. You guys can jot these down. They're, they're pretty big scriptures. We're going to read them too. But John chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 21. And then Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Let's read these together. First and foremost, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, speaking of Jesus, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him all things, um, excuse me, and all things, verse 3, were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was a witness to bear witness about the light, and all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. Let's jump down to verse 14, talking about the word again. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is all speaking of Jesus. You guys can read through that chapter a little bit more. Good apologetic verse saying Jesus is God. Uh, Hebrews, uh, excuse me, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Continue reading on for more description of who Jesus is. But lastly, Hebrews chapter 1, uh, verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the power, by the word of his power, and makes purification for sins. He sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Okay. I just kind of opened the fire hose and I was like... <clears throat> Some of you are like, man, that was a lot of scripture, Brad, in like 10 minutes. 
Importance of Scripture, though, chewing on it. You find that you will you'll grow your faith more. So, okay, so, so now what? So we established in the world false prophets, in the world false teachers, in the world people that don't teach good doctrine, good theology. We rested upon one doctrine today, one theology that Jesus is indeed God, deity. What does that mean? What do you do? So we can gather all the knowledge, we can memorize scripture, we can have it all in our head and be just a fat encyclopedia or a Google search that's full of cookies. You know, we can, we can have all this if, if we don't know how to work out our faith. James, in fact, tells us that, that faith without out works is what? Dead. Faith without works is dead. And this is the, the, the point of the sermon where I want to give you guys some momentum leaving here today, that we're not simply just like taking in information. Jesus, in fact, says in John chapter 10, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. He furthermore tells us that if we love him, we will obey his commandments. I don't want you to think that I'm trying to tell you that we need to be a works-driven faith. That's not the case. We know from Ephesians, it tells us that, that we are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. You cannot do anything to climb the ladder to Jesus. Jesus gives you the faith. He gives you the grace. He, he forgives you. He loves you. But he simply then calls you to walk out your salvation, to live for him in all aspects that you are doing here in life. Again, it's not a works trip. Luke chapter 16, verse 10 says, One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in darkness shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in a private room shall be proclaimed on the housetops. I would encourage you to examine your heart, examine what you're doing um, in the secret. I would even beg to differ to say that what is done in secret shows the integrity of a person. What do you think? What do you do? What are the thoughts of your heart? Are those things that we need to come with confession and say, Lord, yeah, I thought something negative. I did something negative. What do you think about when you're alone? What do you think about when you're around others even? The word of God says, take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. That's a verse that I tell my daughter often because sometimes she'll have bad dreams. She'll be sitting in bed and it's like, okay, she's crying, upset. All right, honey, what does the word of God say? Take every thought captive, grab it, bring it before the Lord and say, to the obedience of you, Lord, I'm bringing this to you. Change my thought, change my, my thought pattern. For you have given us peace that surpasses all understanding. How do you act when no one is looking? The proverb says, whatever you do, work, work heartedly as for the Lord and not for men. What about this one? What about, uh, what about white lies? 
I was uh, convicted of this this week a little bit, like, man, I'm, you know, maybe I'll, I'll just bend the truth just a little bit. Or maybe I'll, you know, I don't want to hurt somebody or I don't want to have that confrontation. Listen to this proverb. It says, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Watch our speech. Watch what we think. Like, Brad, you are like convicting me like no other today. You're telling me all these negative things. There is grace, you guys. Don't get me wrong. Like, we bring those things. We have forgiveness. But just an encouragement for us to watch what we're doing. James chapter 4, verse 17. This is a good one, you guys, because what I've been trying regularly to do is if the Lord prompts my heart to do something, to just do it on the spot. Whether that means to give five bucks to the homeless dude, whether that means that while I'm driving to call somebody right on the spot, be like, okay, you brought that person to mind. You brought that person to heart. James chapter four says, it, says this. So whatever, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. Encouragement for you guys, even with the right thing, God's directing you. Maybe you're leaving today and God's directing you to do something good. And you say, nah, I don't want to go there. Don't be a Jonah. Remember Jonah, right? Jonah was like, God was like, go to Nineveh. Preach to the Ninevites. Because they're going to get saved. These are going to be my people. I love them. Tell them about me. Nah, I'm getting on a boat. I'm going somewhere else. Don't get eaten by a fish, guys. You know, let's... Let's, let's do what God is calling us to do. Caleb and I were talking this, this week a little bit about we can be so driven by some of these things, though. You know, as a kid, I was very driven by the law. Anybody else driven by the law? Do as I say, you know. If not, you're going to get a spanking. You're going to be disciplined. You're going to be whatever. Just law, 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 law. There's grace. There's a balance. The law is important. The law is good. Paul tells us the law was given to us that we might know our sin. If we didn't have the law, we wouldn't know what is right and what is wrong. But again, reiterating that we are saved by grace, that God gives freely and says, come, though your sins are like scarlet, they may be white as snow. I take your sin and I cast it as far as the east is from the west and no longer remember it. Praise God for that. You know, as I'm um, getting closer to my, my 40th year here, I have accumulated a lot of sin in my life. Just as well as you might, may have. But you know what? God doesn't remember those things. May we not be the person that shows up at the great white throne and says, I never knew you. May we be the person that shows up and says, good and faithful servant, welcome. Come to the feast. May we look to him for wisdom and guidance and discernment as we navigate this world because there are going to be highs and lows. There are going to be people that will lead you astray. There are going to be friends that are going to say, you know what, I can't deal with your Christianity. It's all right, pray for them. Continue loving on them. Continue giving grace as you have been given grace. May we move forward in him. I'm going to leave you with these last two passages. As we leave this place and go to our work environments, we're around family maybe that are unsaved. 
We're um, rubbing shoulders with our, our kids. Maybe we haven't seen in a while. The list can go on and on. But Jesus has called you to be light and salt to the world. Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount. He says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Furthermore, he says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. An opportunity for you guys. Not only should our, our mouth speak what our heart has been changed, but our actions should reflect that also. We serve others, we love others, we care for others, we feed others, we give people water. A couple months ago, we launched um, our Engage 2021. Man, it's been exciting to hear some of the good things that people, you guys have been doing to minister to others, to love others, to care for others. And good job. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for the body of Christ that has continued to reach out to homeless people, to reach out to foster families, to reach out and make phone calls during COVID. We're not alone, you guys. We are together. We are together strong. Let us move together in faithfulness. You have um, been transformed. And I put this little, little line in here, but I'm like, it's kind of weird. But you are to be unicorns, not chameleons. Let me say that again. You are to be a unicorn, not a chameleon. Some of you giggle. A unicorn. My daughter likes unicorns. But unicorns are special, right? God has, there's no such thing as a unicorn to, not to pop your bubble. But you are to be special in the world. You are to be different. Do not be conformed to the culture. Do not be conformed to what's going on with politics. You are to be conformed to Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen? Hey, I love you guys. Thank you for the privilege to be able to share with you today. Let's stand. Um, worship team, if you guys are going to come up and maybe do one more song, please. Um, let's worship together. Be encouraged, my friends. The Lord is with you. God bless you. Let's pray. Lord, we... Uh, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, that you are our firm foundation. Lord, that you are our rock. And we just pray, Jesus, that as we leave this place, may you uh, give us the wherewithal to continue to be light and salt, to not lose our flavor, as that passage talks about, to be trampled under feet. Lord, that our light would not dwindle. Lord, that we would set it as, as bright as we can, that people may hear and see of you. Lord Jesus, we love you. Be with my family today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we have baptisms next week. So guys, there's a sign-up sheet in the back. Would you please um, fill that out if you would like to get baptized next week with us? <coughs> next week with us. Let's sing nothing but the blood.
sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sunday, everybody. Thank you guys for coming. We love you. God bless you. Sign up for baptisms.